0: Welcome to another episode of the Anonymous Almost podcast. This is a very special day and episode because I have my friends with me, Bruce and John, and my wife, Heather. And this is your first time on a podcast, right? First time. First time, absolutely.
1: First
0: time. I've been trying to get you on a podcast when we uh, conquered Half Dome, which we'll get into in a little bit, but we never ended up doing it. So maybe we could touch on that today. So the reason why we're all here is we just accomplished something that that was a pretty big feat, and that was the Spartan races in Lake Tahoe. And I've been talking about this on the podcast for a while. I really want to get into the mindset that it, it took to compete in this race. I want to get into uh, the training that led up to it, and just kind of our individual stories because we each have a different story about what happened at the race, which I think is pretty unique and. Not for a spoiler alert, but John here actually placed first for his age group. So congrats, John, again on that. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. I really yeah. want to get into that because I, I just saw in your eyes that there was no way you weren't going to do that. So it was, uh, it was crazy and, and awesome to see it happen. So I think we're going to start by defining what it is that we did for the audience here. So there is two components to this. There is the, the beast, which Heather, you did with a few yes, friends. And then there was the ultra race, which Bruce, myself, John, we had uh, Micah there, Jacob, Todd, Ryan, and Darren Darren, of course Darren. <laughs> and uh, and we all we all ended up um, doing kind of a different style. Some of us ended up finishing together, some didn't. I'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, just wanted to start the conversation off with what it is that that we even did. So John, you want to touch on what the Ultra was?
1: Sure. So the Ultra was a 50K race with about 60 or so obstacles, about 9,000 feet of gain. And uh, we had to do the beast course plus an additional five-mile loop which was miserable. Big sandbank carry. Not, not enjoyable. You, you missed out on that, Heather. <laughs> I
2: didn't miss out on that. I'm happy that I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and then we hit a transition that, uh, zone and then we had to do the whole thing over again, just minus the, uh, the ultra loop. So all toll, we ended up with um, about 30, 31 miles total. Again, with, with about 60 obstacles. So yeah, very fun. And very the, enjoyable.
0: The elevation started at... Around 6,000, right? 6,000, yeah. And I think we climbed up to 9,000 and then back down and up again, and there was a few different climbs. The second climb was the worst. second climb Uh, was absolutely the worst,
1: 100%. Yeah, that was terrible.
0: So, Heather, what was your race? How was it different?
2: So, I did the Beast, which, like John said, was about half of what the Ultra is. So, it was a little bit over 13 miles with 30 obstacles. So, but... Same terrain, same course set that the ultra was. So it was tough. So I know we'll get into more of the story behind it. But yeah, it was definitely a big challenge for me and something that was way out of my comfort zone and out of the, my box.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's get into that right now. Like, how do we even get into this? Because on the podcast, I say often that it's really important to train towards a goal. What we found, at least... And and I, again, spoke about this quite a bit, that Heather and I work out together every morning. But when you just wake up to work out without a purpose, it kind of gets dull and boring, I'll be honest with you. And we found that setting something on the calendar and training for it has more meaning and it makes us more consistent and it kind of gives us the why and purpose. But it was kind of funny how we got wrapped up into this. And for for the first Spartan Race period to do what we did... Was pretty. Uh, I don't want to say extraordinary because there's other people that do it, but we definitely chose like a hard path. So how did we even get wrapped up into this?
2: Well, I think that's funny because it's you always tend to think that it was me that <laughs> definitely <laughs> signed us up, and really how it happened is our friend uh, Christy and Ryan, they were visiting with us in Tahoe like in the wintertime. And we were discussing all these kind of fun activities and stuff that, you know, kind of challenge you and put you outside of your box. And like a month or so later, you know, Christy and Ryan like actually signed up for the race. And I was sitting there thinking it was like after a workout in the morning. I'm like, if I don't sign up now and give myself a challenge, I will never sign up (laughs) because, again, it was completely out of my comfort zone. So I went to my phone, and I signed up for the Beast. And it was kind of scary because I've never done anything more than a 5K. So just kind of thinking that it was a half-marathon distance, something that I've not even come close to in my whole entire life. And now I'm, you know, in my early 40s. So it was like, wow, I can't believe I'm taking this leap. So I went to my husband Joe here, and I said, you know, I— I just signed up for the Beast in Spartan, and you better sign up for the Ultra because I know you've done a marathon already. <laughs> so you
0: did get me into this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, if I'm challenging myself to this extent, you've got to do the same. So he kind of, him and Hod a little bit, but he ended up actually going and signing up, and then you can kind of take over from there and tell kind of what was going through your mind. Yeah.
3: When was that, When? What? do you remember? Uh, it was early,
1: either late 2020 or early 21, I yeah. believe. It was like January. Yeah, yeah. I
3: remember yes. it, was it was a, a memory. Really long time. It was a long time
0: ago. And then we saw this podcast by uh, Spartan, which Cal Fussman was featured on, and he was on my podcast like right after that. Mm-hmm. And that was a very like endearing story from Cal, and that really, you know, we looked at that honestly, and we're like, if Cal could do this, we can do it. And I think that is the, when people are listening to this, just say yes to something, right? I mean, we, we didn't know what we were getting into. Luckily we had John who had done a few of these before and we knew he could train us for this. But even if we didn't have John, there's a lot of different training programs for whatever you want to accomplish. And and again like we didn't know what we were doing we didn't know what it was we knew there was an obstacle component and an and an endurance component and for me the scariest thing was running 31 miles in the mountains like it wasn't necessarily the obstacles i felt like mm-hmm. i can learn those but it's you know when you talk about running uphill that was a was a bit daunting um so i want to shift topics a little bit and, and get into the story of kind of what happened because something interesting happened to to Bruce over here. But but I want to get into uh, kind of the, the day, like what you, how you started the race, how you were feeling about things mm-hmm. and really kind of the first
3: half of it. Uh, so we got to Tahoe a couple of days early, just to kind of acclimate to the you know the environment changes and whatnot. And for for me, a lot of my training was was not mountainous. I mean, it, we're in Illinois here, so I mean, the the most I had was at <laughs> a ski, ski hill. hill. <laughs> so um, so that that right there was kind of the what I was most worried about. Like I was just like, man, I'm not really sure how we're going to kind of handle that. Um, but but uh, I would also say too, where you were kind of. Um, you thought the, the running would be really hard for you when the obstacles, like I was the exact opposite, like where the running just kind of comes natural to me and I mm-hmm. could, I could handle it. And, but it was the obstacles where I was like, oh my God, like, I'm not really sure, you know, how I'm going to kind of get over all these things. And, you know, it did end up going. So as part of my training, I did a lot of hit training. I did a lot of running. Um, I did, um, I, I tried to, um, stay on a really good diet, but it was kind of hard to kind of fluctuate because one of the things I. I told my family early on is that this was not going to get in the way of any vacations or anything else like that. I was going to try to kind of just do all the things um, and just keep things kind of as normal as possible. But um, I would say that on the day of the race, I was feeling really great. Like I was, I was hydrated because we were overhydrating, We were um, kind of just taking it easy. A lot of the, the tapering was just kind of done. So, I mean, I was, energy levels were high. Everything was, you know, just in a great spot. And um, so we started the race and it was dark, right? I mean, like, so we had to have our headlamps. That was the mandatory thing that had to be in your bag, and you know, it was so funny. It was six thirty a.m. Yeah, you started. Yeah, six thirty. That's right. And and uh so it was it was dark when we got uh there, and I think it was forty degrees. I think in the start too. So it was it was a little cold, which was great, but energy is high, and we start the race, and you know, uh, it's starting to kind of lighten up almost immediately. Like as soon as we started the race, it, it was uh it was like starting to get light out, you know, and, uh, felt really great. And we were all together as a group. And, uh, as you said, Micah, um, so he was part of our group and he just kind of took off. Like he was running his own race and he looked great. And so he was kind of doing his thing, but you know, you, me, Darren, uh, Jacob, uh, and we all were together It's hot, it's hot Right. And, and, uh, so we were all together through the race and it, I thought that was really, was great because we had, uh, this support system that we had the entire time. Like we, even though we were all training individually, we all were connected, you know, via a group text and it was just really great to kind of keep things just kind of rolling, you know, and asking questions from time to time, John, you were, uh, great with the zoom meetings too, to kind of just tell us what we needed inside of our buckets <laughs> and whatnot. So it was, um, but, but, uh, but yeah, so again, I felt really great. I had my backpacked and, uh, backpacked, everything was great. Um, the first loop of the beast, you know, we, um, we started up a mountain, right. And, uh, and just as a side note, I think you should share that, that, um, that map that you have oh, of yeah, the, like in, in the, the notes somehow. Yeah, because there's oh, this, yeah.
0: yeah, there's something called uh, Fat Maps and they connect to Garmin, probably Apple too. And basically when you're done with your run or hike, it'll sync to Fat Map and then it'll email you like this interactive map with topography. It's super cool. So I will share that because you can yeah. kind of see the adventure that we had.
3: It, when you when you do see that, it's because uh, everything we're talking about, we're saying, oh, we're going up a mountain, and we're going down a mountain, and we're going around a mountain, and we're going up a mountain, and like you know. But when you actually see it, <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, this is insane, and it's cool to,
1: to and it's cool to picture like what you were doing as you were going, like while you're watching the the right, interactive yeah. map, you can like picture like, oh yeah, that was one of the, the sandbag. The carry YouTube was. videos
0: are posted for the the beast uh, the beast races. So it was a, that was obviously. Um, a little bit lighter than what we did on the ultra, but that's exactly what what you did heather um so so going back so you you were like doing really well, mm-hmm. and you got through more than half of it, and then mile eighteen we hit the transition area, and so how it works is you do your first loop, then you do this ultra loop just for the ultra runners. And then you go to this transition area where you can grab lunch, change your shoes, whatever. And then you have a time limit to get out of there. So there's a cutoff time. And we had plenty of time. We had like, our cutoff time was an hour and a half later. We weren't going to take all that time. You could take as little time as you want or as much time up until that cutoff time. So we're feeling decent in there. You were feeling good in the transition area?
3: Yeah, I, I, uh, I wouldn't say I was feeling, I was feeling exhausted. You know, I think that's probably the best way to think about it. Like when you look back, Um, but I just, I didn't feel right. You know, I was trying to eat like a sandwich or something and I just, I couldn't get anything down. You know, it was just, uh, it was kind of strange. And then, you know, the group started, right? So it was like, okay, it's time to go. And we're going to kind of do the next lap. And this is where I'm going to need your guys' help because, uh, for me, this is a bit fuzzy because we started on the trek to mile, uh, just past mile 18. We're about to get to our first obstacle the second time. And I fell. And I, I fell down and then got back up and then fell down again. And I remember there was a guy, a runner behind us uh, um, that was like, oh my God, you know. And I think that's when you guys came back to get me. Uh, or, uh, and then you're going to have to fill in the, the blanks here yeah. because this is very <laughs> sketchy for me because I, uh, I actually got uh, passed out from heat exhaustion and I blacked out. So there's a few minutes that I don't recall, but I know you were there and you helped me.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what, what happened was you were... We just got out of the transition area, you were lagging a little bit behind. and you know, throughout this journey, you're going to have people that are a little bit behind, a little ahead, and you kind of, you kind of ebb and flow, right? Like as a group, some people are stronger on the hikes, so those people are, are going to be ahead, some are better on the decline, some are better at the obstacles. So when you're doing with a group, like that's natural. Mm-hmm. So you were behind, but you started getting like pretty far behind in the first mile. So I yelled and I'm like, Bruce, come on, man, pick it up. Like, is everything all right? And you're like, yeah, I'll be right there. And you acted like like nothing was wrong. And I turned back about 50 feet after I said that and you were just like almost stopped. So I, I yelled to you at this point, Todd and, Jake, Todd and Jacob were a little bit ahead of us. I yelled to them. I said, guys, hold up a second. So I went back and I said, I said Bruce, are you all right? And you, you kind of looked at me and you're like, yeah, I just, I just don't feel right but I want to keep going. Like your, your mindset was like, I'm not going to stop this race no matter what. So then um, I was like, dude, why don't you sit down for a second? Because you look just completely out of it. You were flushed and you're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, just sit. You sat down and within, within two seconds of you sitting down, your head flies backwards. Your eyes roll in the back of your head and there's this rock behind you. And for whatever reason, this is luck on my end. I reach out just as your head's about to hit this rock, and I stop it. And you're like, "You're like, what's going on? What just happened?" And I said, "Dude, you just passed out." And and at that point, you were like, uh, "I'm not feeling right." And I'm like, "Get medics, get medics." So then Todd and Jacob ran back up, went to the water station. They called for for medics, and then you're like. I think, I, I think I'm okay, I'm just going to keep going. Like, you did not want to stop. And, and then the, the medics started to come in, and you kind of, I think then at that point, you were feeling like, hey, I'm not going to finish this thing. And you were like, I'm fine, I'm going to get up. And you started to get up, and you're like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like this... Like your mind was so there, but your body wasn't, right? Yeah. So then the medics come up and, and you're talking to them and it was pretty emotional for you because you were like, you know, I want to do this. I've trained a lot for it. But again, like your body just gave out.
3: Yeah, that's, and I, now it's, uh, so to finish that part of the story, I ended up getting back to the medical tent. And, you know, because the the train was so rocky and crazy, they had to actually like take me, three different ways they're like nope we can't go this way nope we can't go this way so they had to try to figure out how to get me to the medical tent and as soon as I got to the medical tent um you know they asked me what happened they were asking me what year it was and I was kind of fumbling a little bit I don't know I don't said 2001 I don't know why I said like I know what year it is and but for some reason I said 2001 she's like are you sure and I'm like no it's not (laughs) I'm really bad at years I was like I'm like no I got it right then a second time but um and then they come over and they they come with scissors and they're about to cut my my tracker off. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. Like they're like, you're not finishing this race. And as soon as she did, I was like, volunteers. I was like, no. <laughs> and I it was uh, I mean emotional, it, absolutely. And yeah. I I uh, I don't like you said. I I think my mind was there and my body wasn't. And and some of these like, I think I was in some ways, like kind of, kind of looking back, I feel like I was like a tourist in this space, in this, in the Spartan space. I could have always, you could always train harder. You could always do different things, you know, but you know, for me, I, when, when I do it again, uh, it will be, but the training intensity will be different. You know, that'll be yeah. a lot of things that I know now that I can do very different so that I don't have any, you know, issues with like heat or, you know, whatever else comes back, but I know my mind was there. I just need to really kind of work on, you know, just the physical strength to do it.
0: Well, I was, I was telling you, so rewind back. It was two years ago when we did Montauk? We were going to do Montauk?
2: Yeah, I believe it was about two years ago. Yeah, so maybe, we signed up three.
0: for the sprint triathlon, and I'm the one who organized it, and it was Darren, you, and who else was it? Oh, Chris, Chris. Yeah. Chris. Um, so we, we were all there getting ready for this. Sprint triathlon, and a week before that, I had a colonoscopy and I had a, a really bad, like, adverse uh, side effect to that and ended up bleeding a lot and uh, lost uh, a lot of my hemoglobin and I mm-hmm. couldn't compete in it. And it was, it was like, it was horrible because. You, you know, not only was I signed up for the race, but I was I was leading like all of us to go to this race, and I couldn't even compete. You did 18 miles. Yeah. So, uh, like I was telling you, man, like don't be hard on yourself. You did 18 miles of the toughest course. And to put this in perspective, 3,300 people signed up for the Spartan weekend. Only 300 of those signed up for the ultra race, which is one of the hardest races and the hardest courses. Out of those three hundred, only one hundred and forty finished right. so you're, it's not like you were in a bad company. you did more than the beast for your first Spartan, and I think you did a phenomenal job, and you could tell that it wasn't like you you literally just could not go anymore. yeah um, so well, thank you so I want to shift to heather your your experience with this <laughs> because you um, you obviously trained a lot for this, um, you were incredibly strong in your hiking. What, what is something that surprised you the most about it?
2: Hmm. I think how much I actually enjoyed being out on the course with other people and all the camaraderie that the Spartan kind of races provide, because all I saw was very positive energy and everyone kind of mm-hmm. promoting everyone to do better and hey, you're doing great, and it was all those signs of encouragement along the way that kind of really surprised me and that made, it, made the experience so much more enjoyable and actually made it an experience versus just like a workout or something that you're just doing for yourself. You kind of felt like a sense of community.
0: So something you told me that I thought was really profound and, and uh, people can, can take with them as far as their mental toolbox is when you had the carry when you had to to carry the sandbags and at the very end of that, of it. So this is after another sandbag carry and a bucket carry, I believe.
2: I I wanna say it was probably at around like mile 10 or 11. I don't know if you guys remember when that was.
0: Yeah, it was was the last mile So that was the
2: second sandbag carry, not the first, second. And
0: and there was a bucket (laughs) carry too.
2: Yes, and there was a bucket carry. Okay,
0: so what got you through that?
2: So it was kind of an uphill climb with the sandbag. And along the way, as I was going uphill, there was all all these people sitting on their sandbags along the trail going up. And I said to myself, I cannot set this down because I will not be able to pick it back up. So I've got to keep going. And so I kind of made it all the way up and I was like, oh no, I've got to go down. Now, so I had to kind of really get into like a meditative state and all I could think about is like other people's struggles and like if other people can do this, if like little kids in other worlds can carry like buckets of water just to get to their homes and stuff, I can do this. I can just keep going. It's not yeah. that far. Right. So I think again, I had to kind of get into a meditative state and that kind of really helped me kind of propel yeah. me to finish that part of the sandbag.
0: I love that story because that's something I knew everyone could put in their mental toolbox the ability to like empathize or feel like someone else that I mean we're doing a race that we signed up for people are or have to get water and food and carry you know 60 pound bags of rice and all kinds of stuff just to survive yeah. and we're sitting there doing it for our luxury and uh to put that in perspective I thought that was awesome yeah what was the hardest thing of, about the race for you
2: I think it was the first sandbag, or I mean the first bucket carry. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like it was like a lot heavier than what I trained with, (laughs) even though John told me what we were training with was heavier. (laughs) So that was really hard. And I kind of did this bear hug, and I switched to my shoulders. And, you know, I've got lower back kind of issues, so my back hurt. But I just kept, like I said, I just kept going. And I was like, it was one of the first obstacles. So I'm like, I've just got to do this and kind of pull, pull from my strengths. So I thought that was the hardest. There's obviously some obstacles in there that were more difficult, but I think if I were to go back again and do this race again, there's always an opportunity to train and kind of learn those obstacles, but it's like that perseverance to get through those things that you know you just have to do. And like the bucket and the sandbag carries are things that Spartan just kind of puts on the course that says you have to do this. Mm -hmm. So you have like no choice. Even it, like some of the other obstacles, you could fail and keep going on, but this you had to do. So that's why I think it was probably the toughest because I knew I had to finish it.
0: Yeah, the only way out is through. That's what I, that's what I kept thinking. <laughs> Very true. What w- What surprised me though about it is how many people just were bypassing obstacles or not finishing them or um, not doing the burpees and and. I guess that's. But, but
2: I think to their defense, I think it's like these opportunities again. That's where I go, like with the sense of community, right? Like it's not necessarily about just you individually and what you can accomplish, but it's everyone's individual race, mm-hmm. you know, because everyone comes at it from a different viewpoint. So I think the fact that they're out there, yeah, doing something, I my, think is. Great. My
0: point is saying that wasn't to degrade someone doing it. My point of saying that is very accessible to people. So I was surprised to see that, but it actually wasn't necessarily a bad thing because that just means if you're thinking about something like this and you and you think you're going to be forced into doing a penalty uh penalty burpees or a penalty loop, it is your race and mm-hmm. and it's not don't be overwhelmed by that because we didn't know going into it. Like that that again surprised me because I thought it was going to be pretty regimented where you're going to have someone looking over you saying, oh, you have to do 30 burpees. And what I mean by that, just to explain it, if you fail an obstacle, you're supposed to do 30 burpees in this race. I think each race is a little bit different, but uh, but there's hardly anyone that I've seen the open division, which is different because I want to get into John's division um, where at least the open, there was no regulation of that. So you had all types of people. Um, doing all types of things, which is a really good thing because you could sign up for an open ultra, as long as you know train for it and just persevere through it, and you're not, you don't have to worry about that stuff. So I want to get into to John now because again, John won his age group, and leading up to the race, I I uh, spent a few days with John, and uh, I could just tell in his eye that you weren't you weren't there was no second place for you in this race, like you were you were in it to win it. <laughs> and you had this mindset and this, and this preparation that I haven't seen um, from you and I haven't seen from like others. I haven't done a race with you either, but it was clear that like you, you meant business. And I thought it was, it was awesome, man, to, to bring that home for the Anonymous their team as well and to be a, be a part of it with you. What for you was, uh, was it about this race that you knew you were gonna place in it?
1: I think just having the experience of having done a lot of these and that always being a goal of wanting to get to that podium, because I've, I've come close a few times, I've gotten a few fourth and fifth place finishes, but I definitely felt coming into this one, I knew my hill training and hill legs were, were in pretty good shape, I knew I could complete pretty much all the obstacles um, for the most part, and like I, just, I had that state of mind, like, I'm, I'm getting this, like... Nothing's going to keep me down. And and I've told Bruce this story, and I think I told the whole group. But so when I came into the transition area, uh, I had something in my shoe, like pretty much from mile two, and uh, it was pretty much right on my heel. So I got to the bucket and I bent down to pick up, to take off my shoe, and my calf just locked up and it was like concrete. And I pretty much fell on the ground trying everything I could to unlock this calf. And I couldn't get it. And then all of a sudden, the right one locked up. So had anyone seen me at that point, you would have thought, there's no way this guy's getting up and continuing. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what? You've, you've been through this before. You've, you've trained for this. Get back in that positive mind state. Because I was like, I don't think I can get up and finish. So I was like, get back in that positive mind state, get your stuff out of the bucket, and get back up that hill. And that's that's pretty much what I did. I didn't take the shoe off. Just grabbed my extra pack out of the bucket and started back up the hill. And it's a it's about a four mile hike or incline going up that first climb. I walked the whole thing, trying to loosen up the calf. And eventually, it did by probably about mile three or so. It uh, it loosened up, and then I was able to to continue on, at least uh, at the pace I wanted to go. And now um, yeah, from there, it just Persevered through it, and yeah, just like Heather was saying, like there's so much positivity, especially on the second lap, because that's when all the beast runners start. And you know, what separates the ultras from the beasts, we have this purple penny on. So anytime you see someone with a purple penny, everybody's like, "Yeah, ultra, you know, you're kicking ass, like yeah. keep going." And that, like that, just even those little words of encouragement, like it's amazing what those will do to push you through an obstacle or to keep you climbing up a hill or keep you running down a hill like it's just and you know i saw heather at mm, probably around mile mile 10 or 11 for her right at the end of probably the worst hike or the worst uh, climb on the whole course
0: yeah 30 percent incline
1: yeah it was miserable and um i didn't even see heather first of all (laughs) uh i was but i was behind her and i noticed that she was doing um a, a technique called the, the wedding step, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I saw this person in front of me doing it, and I'm like, huh, that must be the wedding step Heather <laughs> was talking about. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I passed her, and then all of a sudden, I believe Christy said, John. And I was yeah. like, oh, look who it is. It's yeah. you guys. And just seeing you guys and your smiles, and just it, it gave me that little extra burst of confidence. And you also had some salt tabs for me. Yes. For some reason, I... <laughs> I had salt tabs in my pack, but I couldn't locate them. I tucked them underneath my uh, my hydration flask for some reason, um, probably in a state of hysteria, getting out of the transition area. But uh, so, yeah, those extra salt tabs and just seeing you guys and having that positivity radiating from you. Uh, it was it was awesome. And it, and it got me through, got me through.
0: Yeah, I loved the people that patted you on the back and was like, "Go ultra, go mm-hmm. ultra." I was, it, it was just this kind of spark of motivation when you needed it.
1: Oh, for sure, hundred percent.
3: Well, well, and so part of it, so it's bittersweet for me, right, because I didn't get to finish. But the great news was is that I I got to see John finish and. And I caught because John was wearing uh, some pretty uh, flashy sunglasses, glasses. Bright yellow. Yeah, bright yellow. So, (laughs) but I I saw you, a glimpse of you, because at the very end, uh, the hoist at the end, and I was like, oh, there's John, or whatever. So I came up to the the finish line, but I couldn't, like, you didn't show up for like four minutes. Like, why is that? Oh, so.
1: So so the very end of the race was pretty much a gauntlet of obstacles, as we're all aware of. So there was a tire flip, a, uh, It was called the. uh, Why can't I think of the name? The Olympus. Um, You're basically traversing across a a slick uh, wooden panel of um, holes and chains and And rock climbing pieces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a a rope climb. So the only obstacle I failed on the first time around was the tire flip. So I knew right there I wasn't going to even attempt it because at that point pretty much spent. So I did the thirty burpees. The difference between. age group and ultra and uh, open is i have to take my headband off i give it to the attendant and they basically count out my burpees um to make sure i'm doing all 30. so i did the 30 burpees for the tire flip get to olympus I get about three quarters of the way through um finger slips fall off another 30 burpees i get to the rope climb um this guy comes over and he says hey ultra what uh what age group you in? I'm like, oh, 35, 39. He's like, You got a podium to get to. And I, you know, I had that that spark of energy that you get from somebody saying, All right, mm-hmm. you know, finish this thing out. Um, so I start up the rope climb, get one pole away, and I just I have nothing left. My my arms are cached. I I can't even can't even lift one more to, to smack the bell. And um so I, I come back down and he's like, get up and do it again. And I was like, it's not worth it i i can't I, I literally have nothing left in my arms so I, I go and do another 30 burpees so that's 90 burpees now in, in the span of probably about a half hour and um so i'm, I'm exhausted at, at the finish here um and i get to the get to the hercules hoist able to do that one that's a little more more pull strength so i was able to to knock that one out and um yeah yeah, finish through it. And as soon as I cross the finish line, they say, okay, yeah, uh, your, your medals a quarter mile that way. You have to go to the, sure. go, <laughs> go to the, uh, where you guys, uh, signed up, signed up. But, you know, seeing Bruce, like, that was awesome. It was like such a shock and like a wonderful experience at the yeah. same time. Cause Bruce was like, oh my God. And he was just so excited, <laughs> happy. And we hugged and yeah, it was, it was just awesome. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Very, very exciting finish for sure.
0: Yeah. For me, there was, uh, a few takeaways. I, one, I want to start actually before the race, because I woke up that morning, I had everything kind of set out. I had so much anticipation. I don't wanna I don't know if it was anxiety or anticipation. It was just this overwhelming feeling that I was forgetting things, my mind wasn't in the right place. I think part of it was I had to get you there, I had to get our team there, I had to drive there. I had a bunch of people at our home. Um and I remember being in the car and losing my sense of where i was even going even though i've been to this place 100 times and i didn't even need i never well in the last year i've never even took out google maps to find it and at this time i'm like i just forgot to even weird a turn i made a wrong turn i was i was like just in this weird space and i was looking at my heart rate and my heart rate was like just driving the car like in the 120s, like that's how much anticipation I had for this. So then, so then we were driving there and I make a couple of wrong turns. Luckily, I get us there in time and we start off the race. I'm skipping forward. Uh, I'm skipping through a bunch of parts, but we start this race and my heart rate will not calm down. It's like 155 when we're starting like when we're starting to climb and I'm like, I've trained a ton for this and I don't know what's going on here. Cause I've ran a whole marathon and my heart rate did not exceed 150. Right. So I'm like, this is, this does not feel good. And I start running the race and, or we start doing a power hike because uh, the group we were with at least, and most of the ultra people did not run uphill. They just did a power hike uphill uh, the competitors like yourself definitely did um, from time to to time, but it was uh, it was just this crazy thing that I could not control it. And then I was talking to Darren and Jacob, and their heart rates were like one ten or like one hundred five, like super low. So I was like, "Man, this this is not looking good." But what happened was, I just kept going through it, and um, as you guys know the audience doesn't know, but mile 11 were, we're um, well, I should say I'm feeling, I'm feeling great other than that. My legs aren't fatigued. My, uh, the obstacles, I was crushing them because I practiced a ton. I was feeling awesome. Mile 11 happens and I'm running downhill as fast with our group because you, you can make up a lot of time when you go downhill. But downhill... At Squaw Valley and Lake Tahoe, it's not like downhill on a hill or street. There is loose rock everywhere. There's mulch. There's this bunch of debris. And I'm just running down this hill as fast as I can. And then my ankle rolls once. And then just a half mile later, I hear two pops and it, and it rolled twice. Like, like I actually felt pops for the first time ever. And I was like, man, this is, this is bad. So I started to feel the, the swelling happen. And I look at my heart rate and my heart rate is actually going down. (laughs) It's doing the opposite of what I thought it would do. And I was like, wow, like why is this going down not up? I thought I would have more anticipation, more anxiety from this. And the only thing I thought of is the only way out is through. I was like, there's no way that I'm gonna not do this if I'm moving forward. Like Bruce passed out, he could not physically move forward even if I was taking baby steps and I was making the cutoff time, I was moving forward. So I, I did the remainder, the 20 more miles with a, uh, what turns out to be an uh, emulsion fracture in my foot. Oh, wow. And, and I can tell you that the pain of not finishing is greater than the pain that I felt <laughs> like mentally. Like That's, that's what I reconciled with, with myself. I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to go back and, f- and feel good about myself, especially after what happened in that sprint where I had a DNF, or not even dnf I didn't even start it. Um, and, and it was just this, like, I had to like take out this methyl toolbox to say like, I'm gonna get through this and I'm gonna try these obstacles because there's no way that I'm gonna represent um, myself or not almost there or all our training and not finish this thing. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad because this is temporary.
3: That is, that that 's what i 'm dealing with right now like it's I had no no doubt I was going to finish that race and for me to just not finish it and you know like, like i uh, I was so proud of everybody you know like i I truly think that the group that I was with like this is going to sound kind of cheesy to people who don't go like, don 't get it, but like they're truly that Spartan mindset like they live mm-hmm. it you know and i and I said earlier that I felt kind of a tourist because. One thing, you know, not only do I have kind of the, I don't have the metal, but I have the the drive and the willingness. Like, I, I'm going to get it. It's just a matter of time. It's just, but, but what I was able to see was, you know, I, like I saw elites, you know, I saw like, you know, all these different kind of types of people finishing these things. I saw the, like the kind of weekend warrior, the guys, uh, people, uh, husband and wives holding hands, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, they're going through this thing and just saw so many, um, you know, different types of finishers and I was like, man, this is, this community is so vast. You know, it's not only just about like these elite people just, you know, kind of trying to kind of show off and whatnot. This is a a true lifestyle for, for many people, but it's, and it's something that you can, you can drive towards, you know, it's, it's like, like I was saying earlier, I can run, I, but I can't, you know, do these obstacles very well. And, you know, so those were challenges to me and I just, you know, and I loved it and now it's like I don't want to sign up for just a regular race like I I gotta it's gotta have an obstacle or something in between (laughs) well this
0: break it up a bit (laughs) yeah that's what I loved about it because in our group like Jacob Darren you you guys are all runners John John's a runner I'm not a runner I run but I'm definitely not fast and what I thought this did well is it evened it out because Mm -hmm. even if you're a runner Going up a mountain is is not the same as running. Right. Like when you're power hiking up that mountain, you have it's a different skill set. So it levels the playing field in such a cool way, and it Mm -hmm. makes it fun yet challenging. Like these aren't like I did an obstacle race what ten years ago, and it was to like jump over this little fire thing and like crawl under the mud. That's kind of
2: what I thought I was getting into. To be
0: perfectly honest. Yeah. (laughs) No,
3: you signed up for the national. (laughs) Championship Beast Course. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So yeah. So yeah. This was this was far more challenging. But I, that's what I love. So if you're, uh, you know, we we don't represent Spartan by any means. But if if you are one of those people that just like don't love just running, this is a great alternative, and you don't have to feel like you know, like there's no way that you can compete or be at the level as as other people, because a lot of it. Is power hiking a lot of it is uh pushing through a lot of its grip strength, learning obstacles. I mean, there's huge endurance component, you have to be ready for that. But yeah, I mean, I would and, and John, like, uh, I looked at the overall rankings, you finished, I think, seventh. Oh, was it, seventh or eighth?
1: Uh, I believe eighth, yeah, yeah,
0: eighth, eighth overall out over. uh, of all the ultra runners. So that was that was pretty incredible, incredible. eight awesome, out of Thank you. 300 of that signed up, 140 that finished. So, um, and and what I what I liked about the training program that we did, because you always go into these things and I think just life in general and thinking like, am I ready for this? Am I prepared for this? Did I train enough? Did I do enough? I mean, just insert anything in life and you kind of have this imposter syndrome. And I had that too. And I was even telling uh, Heather that I was just like, did we train enough? Did we do the right things? And you just have to trust the process I'd say. and, and, I, I knew we did the right things when the next day I wasn't sore. Like my legs were not sore. My ankle was kind of screwed, but, <laughs> but my legs weren't sore. And that to me is like, okay, well, maybe I could even push harder than I did. And immediately I kept thinking about, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next raise? So yep. let, let's shift to that for a second here. <laughs> Because, because I know you you laugh at me all the time, and you're like you're like uh, you were telling Bruce, you're like you really think we're, we're not going to sign up for something again. Right. But, yeah. So, what do you think? What's the next thing we're going to do together?
2: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Trifecta. Like I, do you know what? I was kind of excited to like because I I've told you this before. I'm not a runner. And I think John was hoping that I would like start like really liking running and I still really don't. (laughs) So (laughs) I think to anyone out there, like you could still do it and, you know, challenge yourself. But so I think I would kind of want to diversify like my working out. So maybe not do so much running and maybe do something a little bit different. Again, kind of putting that experience into the overall health aspect of it. So I was thinking, well, um, you know, being out in the mountains and stuff, I really like that. And maybe doing something like rock climbing and you know, doing some of that kind of stuff. So that would be a challenge, I think, for myself. And I think that would be great to even get our kids involved in something like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can't stop thinking about the mountains too. It's just like <laughs> the mountains were just they're just awesome. And I think that's our we found our happy place for sure. What about it was you, John? It was
1: so beautiful there too. Yeah.
0: yeah. Just unreal. Yeah, the, like, we, like, had, we lucked asked. out with the weather, too. I mean, they didn't have water obstacles this year, which was a positive. Although, there's a point it was getting pretty hot, so was, I would have welcomed uh, a water obstacle a little at swim, one point, yeah. for sure. So yeah. what's
1: next for you? Um, so I have, in a, in a few weeks, crazily, I have a, a 100K race. Uh, no obstacles, but just just uh, up in Minnesota. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, next year, I'd like to do a hundred mile race. Um, not sure where, but um, but somewhere. And my my ultimate goal, the my my dream race is to do the Badwater one hundred thirty five, yeah. which uh, sounds sounds very daunting. Um, oh, crazy. And, do you want to explain and what and that is? And extremely crazy. So the Badwater one hundred thirty five is a one hundred thirty five mile race that is in Death Valley, California. Um, temperatures get up to 120 130 degrees um so hot in fact that it sometimes the rubber on the bottom of your shoes burns off and it's not not a trail race either it's mostly on the road so um your joints don't get the forgiveness of running on on grass and on dirt and things like that but um yeah the bad water that's it's it's one that it's it's going to always be in the back of my mind of of something that I want want to do and I and I know I can do but it's uh yeah. It's,
3: Are you thinking it's, you're going to do this next year?
1: Definitely not next year, okay. but uh, I want to get a few hundred milers under my belt and uh, I want to be able to live not necessarily live but at least be able to train in that extreme heat for three or four months just to acclimate my body so I can uh, yeah be able to be able to finish because that's 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 now, what i want to do do
0: you have to get invited to that like how do you yeah
1: unfortunately all these qualify. big races because that's kind of one of the f- more famous ones in the u.s so you, Badwater, lead leadville and uh western Moab. states what about and Mo- moabs too also that, that's even more crazy moabs 240 miles <laughs> i don't know if i necessarily want to get into that kind of crazy training but um, but yeah, those are kind of the big three, and those ones you generally have to sit on a waiting list for for a while. But um,
2: yeah, sounds fun.
1: I, I know <laughs> Every, everyone is invited. So how do you like Spartan versus or like the
0: the OCR obstacle races versus just road running? Because I think we talked about it. Like the and you you like OCR because it breaks things up. Like do you just is it a different mindset shift?
1: It's, you know, it's a little bit of a different mindset. I, I used to do a bunch of, you know, just road races, you know, five, 10 Ks, half marathons, things, things like that. And I kind of just got bored with it. And about six or seven years ago, somebody introduced me to Spartan. I started with a sprint, <laughs> not like everybody else in the group that started with a beast or an ultra. And, uh, um, I, I failed most of the obstacles, probably half of them at least. And but I was hooked. I was like, "This is awesome! Like, I get to run. I get to do all these cool things. Like, you get to take your shirt off and be like, you know, a, a Spartan warrior kind of guy." And it was like, it was just a fun, a fun experience. And just the same thing. The community was awesome. Everyone was so positive. And um, it it definitely is a whole different ball game from just doing a regular race. Because like I said, you get you get to you get to hike. You get to kind of take your time. You get to work on not necessarily, not only your, um, your endurance training, but you get to also get in the weight room and, you know, focus on your grip strength and pull strength and all the other, all the other things that come along with training for a Spartan race. So I definitely like the diversity and the training involved with a Spartan race, because you get to, you get to do a whole bunch of different things. I mean, through training, whereas with just a, a typical road race like I'm kind of sad now because now I have to just focus on running right. for the next you know five or six months so it
0: feels tough to me to go back to that it does doesn't it yeah yeah I'll have to start training for the London marathon next year with Cedric which is obviously just a road race but I not just a road race I mean still a marathon but still it's uh it's it's interesting I love the ultra aspect of it because I feel like you don't have to be a uh, super fast, which I'm not, <laughs> to be good at it. You know, you just have yeah. to power through and, and dig deep into your mindset.
1: And to emphasize what Bruce said earlier, like anyone can do it. Like we saw, you know, all shapes, all sizes, all genders, all races, like anyone that wanted to do it, anyone yeah. can do it hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent.
0: Bruce, what's next for you? I know you want to jump back into the the Spartan. Well,
3: I'm definitely signing back up for the uh, Lake Tahoe Spartan Ultra next year, but I think uh, what I'd like to do is is probably a trifecta. That's basically what is that? That's the ultra, that's the beast, and then a super, right? Or a, well, you or don't sprint. even
0: have to do the ultra. That's a uh, super, a uh, a beast, and the sprint.
3: Yeah. Well, I, and and uh, just to kind of bring it all back is that, like I said, I have to work on my strength, and I think that if I could kind of pick these three races and just kind of keep them kind of, you know, getting bigger and bigger and bigger each time. They might be kind of checkpoints to kind of just keep me focused on the strength training versus me just over indexing and running because that's just what I like to do. So definitely doing that. I just haven't signed up for anything just yet because I'm just waiting for the next year's uh, enrollments to come through. And as soon as it does though, I'm, I'm going to be there.
0: That's awesome. So what's the, what's the biggest takeaway then from this, from the whole experience for you, Heather?
2: For me is, you know, just take the leap and, you know, you're, you're capable of so much more than you give yourself credit for. Of course, I feel like <laughs> with the fly. <laughs> so yeah, challenge yourself, you know, get outside your box because I think it helps you grow.
0: Yeah. John?
1: 100% get outside your comfort zone because it's, these are not easy, but anyone can, can go ahead and do this. Anyone can take that first step and start training for it, and you can accomplish anything you put your mind to. Absolutely,
3: it's. I. Uh, I mean, I echo all that obviously, but I just add that there's a there's a discipline component that is is so critical to pick doing something really hard. You know, like you can't just be like, oh, well, I've got this hard thing I just signed up for, and then just wait until three months before the thing. Right. You know, oh. like you you got to like that day, you've got to start making some changes, and you can just you know, make them small and incremental and just keep doing it every day and just keep adding, adding, adding. And, you know, before you know it, you'll be crushing those obstacles and doing an ultra race and not even feeling it. So... <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I I agree. You you can't, like, cram this in. I feel like our buddy Todd was just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go power through five miles like three days before. and And, you know, he did great for yes, as much he as he trains. And I knew he would do well. But it's just... It's just kind of funny that the different mindset and the preparedness of each one of us. Uh, you know, and Darren, I think, did a fantastic job. Jacob, uh, the whole crew, honestly, um, just exceeded every expectation I had. You know, I didn't know what to really expect, but I knew it was going to be really hard, and I knew it was going to be elevation that none of us faced before. But we just powered through it. But it's it's training. It is it is going back to what I said in the beginning of this. And that is training towards something, getting something on the calendar. And that way, like we were working on sometimes two, two times a day, which you know, we have two kids at home and we have yeah. Taya. Um, we have a busy life and we were able to make that happen. And we did that by waking up at 5.30 in the morning, doing more of a strength workout. And throughout the day at some point, uh, whether that be when the kids are at school or um, at another point, you would go for a run. I would typically go for a run like during my lunch break or after work, and we were able to, to get through it. So you can make time for your priorities and what you want to make time for. It doesn't have to interfere with your, with your life in, in a sense that if you want to make this happen, you will figure out a way to make it happen. <laughs> I think that's just a huge takeaway for mm-hmm. anyone listening to this that wants to get back on, the, on their fitness journey or try something harder, sign up for it send them for well in advance cuz the last thing you want to do is be stressed out that you're not ready for something and and go after it just one foot in front of the other i'm telling you right now if we could do it here and our group can do it anyone can do
1: it. I agree. 100%. 100% yeah.
3: <laughs> Boom.
0: Well, it was so great to spend this time with you guys today and, and Heather being on the podcast <laughs> for the, for the first time. Uh, well, i guess the one thing i didn't ask you though because you, you made mention of Half Dome versus this. And I just want to get your closing thoughts on, on did Half Dome, um, maybe explain what that is quickly. And then secondly, did that prepare you for this? And would you recommend someone doing something like a hike like that in preparation for this?
2: Oh, I wouldn't recommend as a preparation as Spartan. <laughs> it was Something that I knew you really wanted to do It was Half Dome and we were going to be in Yosemite. So I'm not even sure how many miles it it was.
0: It's about 13. Yeah, 13 miles. But it took. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was 18 miles. It took 13 hours. It
2: took us about 12 to 13 hours. Yeah. But it's in Yosemite Valley. So it's like you go up to the valley, you're going and climbing all these granite staircases and all this crazy terrain and like. Legit, I had to bring hiking poles. If, if I did not have my trekking poles, it would have been really, really tough. So we, had, we, we were given the opportunity to do it through the, I forget what it was called, the lottery system. So we won the lottery system. It was Yay. one of the day ones. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I got the congratulations. I guess we're doing this. So it was like the next day. So we went on and prepared. But I think the biggest takeaway between Half Dome and like Spartan is the fact that I prepared for Spartan with like training and I didn't prepare for Half Dome, meaning you were already running and training with your running because you knew you were doing the ultra, which was a bigger distance. I knew after our summer vacation that I would start training running. So I didn't really have my endurance built up. Granted, I worked out every day, but I didn't have that ultra endurance. So... Doing Half Dome and Spartan, I said to you the other day, I'm like, you know, Half Dome was still I thought was harder because I think it came from a spot that I wasn't physically prepared for it and I didn't put in the work beforehand. So I think it was like in my brain harder. Cause my my body, like like Bruce's body, like kind of gave out. My body started, like my legs were shaken and it was giving out, and I was like, that last like two miles to get to the car after the whole hike, I was like, are we there yet? And you kept telling me like, yeah, we're, we're really, really close. And we were not close. <laughs> so
1: not almost going. there. Not <laughs> almost there, yeah. And, and there. <laughs> I
2: really didn't think I was gonna make it to the car, but I did. So I've kind of got that in my memory banks of, you know, going into the Spartan, I made sure I prepared, you know, so I didn't feel that way again. So I think kind of to your biggest takeaway, is you've got to have the due diligence and to be able to put the work in and it makes things so much easier. So it's those little steps along the way that if you can put them in, everything just gets easier and it's not as hard as you think it'll be.
0: Prepare in advance what you know in
1: advance, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Is there anything you guys would have done differently training-wise or wanted to do something differently?
0: Uh, Yeah, two things I would have done differently. Um, One is... Start the ski hill earlier. So there's a we're fortuitous enough to have a ski hill like two miles from our house, which is in this apartment complex, and and is legit. Like I mean, not legit like anything like Tower, Colorado, or anything like that. But but it's a hill that they sell tickets to. So it's a great, great training hill. So doing that Mm -hmm. that was made the world of difference for me. Secondly, even though I did well on the obstacles. Getting to that Spartan gym earlier, doing some more hit-based exercises, I think would have been would have been good. Like that, the deck of fit and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the next one, I'm going to do more of that to try and like either compete in the, in the age group or Absolutely. really just trying to focus on improving my time because I know, I know when I finished, even and I was probably being more careful with my foot, but I know I could have probably done more and I could have done more. I could have done a little bit faster. So I just think about that. Okay. What about you? I would you? just
2: say ditto, exactly that. Like the hills were great. I wish I would have done a little bit more of that. And mm-hmm. then definitely try not the obstacles because I think this being our first Spartan, I think we did really well. And I'm proud of myself for the ones that I was able to accomplish and the ones that I failed. I felt like I could get there. I could get them finished, you know, if I practice a little bit more. So
0: yeah. What about you?
3: Uh, yeah, hitting those OCR gyms more often next time. And uh, the, the only other thing I think would just nutrition. You know, I'm just really going to start thinking about that a little bit more diligently, you know, instead of just trying to always hit your macros. And I just really want to think about maybe uh, like John, you're all plant-based. And I think that there's something to that to maybe start, you know, kind of a couple of days a week, at least starting there and just seeing, you know, how, that, how you feel with different things along the way. So that, uh, I mean, because we were watching videos of some of the elite Spartan finishers, the the women group, and they didn't have any of those things. I had this pack filled with everything, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're doing it with like a gel pack and a water. Yeah. So I think I there's, mean, the I mean, there's, there's too, ways you're... to, you know, kind of figure this out too. So I want to explore that too next time.
0: Yeah. They were doing the 13 miles, albeit very quickly <laughs> and fast. And we were doing 31. So right. it's a little bit different. You had to prepare a little bit differently for it and definitely want to get, didn't want to get fatigued. The thing I was surprised on is how much I didn't eat. Like mm-hmm. I didn't need mm-hmm. a lot of fuel at all. I, I couldn't really eat even a sandwich during the transition period. You know, I had, um, the, the spring, uh, like applesauce. Things, energy, and those yeah. were a lifesaver for me because they weren't like gooey or anything like that. It was like, almost like baby food in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Yep. And I thought that was, that was awesome. But, but beyond that, it wasn't to make sure you're hydrated, electrolytes, salt tablets, like all that stuff, I was good. I hit so much salt that <laughs> I was like, am I going to OD on salt? But at the end of the day, like I didn't sweat out any salt, which I normally do. So mm-hmm. I think I was doing the right things, even though it felt like a lot. So yep. cool. Well, thanks again for being here. It's, it's so great to have you guys and, and our fellow uh, Spartan Racers, Jacob, Todd, Micah, Darren, Else?
1: Don't forget Ryan, so Ryan, Ryan
0: Christy. Christy, Ryan and Christy. Yeah, I'm just trying to think and everyone who's was, at our it house. It was a very big know? group. Yeah, it's very big. <laughs> yeah, I was just visualizing who was at our house, but yeah, Ryan and Christy. And thanks, Ryan, for for getting us into this, and and Christy as well. So, all right, well, that's a wrap. Thanks again for being here, and thank you for listening. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast, and if you have any questions about spartan or anything else you probably want to ask john because he's he's more <laughs> the expert see you next time